worshiping Jesus. It's about the lordship of Jesus. It's about that he is going to reign, that he is reigning in all power and authority. He's going to make all things new, that uh, every wrong will be made right, that every, every person who he's saved and who has responded to his salvation will be rescued and, and brought out of the darkness into the light forever and ever with him. And we'll get to be with him forever and ever. And we'll never stop worshiping. Some people are like, I don't know if I want to worship that long. It's like, man, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever worshipped Jesus then. If you're concerned about what you're going to do in heaven, then get to know Jesus a little bit better. And the more you know him, uh, the more you love him. The more you just want to honor him. So we, we will uh, do some prayer time at the end. We'll have our leaders ready to pray. If you have any needs, we encourage you to don't leave before getting prayer. Uh, We're going to jump into the Word today, and we are going to finish chapter 4 of 1 Peter. We're going to finish it by doing the middle section of 1 Peter 4. If you weren't here last week, we did uh, the first and last sections and talked a lot about uh, suffering and arming ourselves with the same attitude as Jesus Christ and that having our desires changed to be like His, and sometimes it takes trials and tribulations and suffering to do that, and that He wants to do whatever He can to get us to look like Jesus. And so today we're going to take a look at this middle section uh, of 1 Peter 4, and then we probably got two more weeks and we'll finish 1 Peter 5, and we'll be through the whole book of 1 Peter. And so that is exciting. Uh, you'll just have to watch the last two weeks. Uh, <laughs> from a distance. So uh but let's read this let's read this here. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible today and it will be on the screen, but whatever scripture you have, it says in verse 7 of 1 Peter 4, we invite you Holy Spirit to open the word of God. It says the end of all things is near, therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength of God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And so right here in the middle of 1 Peter, I, I feel like this is just, he takes a break, you know, from everything he's been talking about. He, he pauses all the talk about trials and tribulations and honoring the, the authorities and, and honoring our one in our relationships and husbands loving your wives and laying down your lives for them and wives submitting to the husbands and, uh, you know, living a life of, of a good life, even when there's evil around, even when you're going through a hard time that you won't, don't want to suffer for, for the wrongdoing. In other words, self-inflicted suffering, but it's better to have righteous suffering. And Peter, like, takes a break here and he just pauses and he says, the end of all things is near. 
Now, isn't it interesting? This is about 2,000 years ago, or, you know, give or take a few years, almost 2,000 years ago when Peter wrote this, that he said the end of all things is there, right? Was, was Peter wrong? No, he wasn't necessarily wrong, but isn't it interesting that the perspective of the early church, they really thought that Jesus, when he said, I'm going to come back, they thought he was coming back in their lifetime. I mean, they were really expecting that, you know, okay, you're leaving, and then we're going to do all this work. We're, going to, you know, we're going into all the world, and we're preaching the gospel, and then you're going to come back. And so, you know, they're thinking, hey, this is looking like the end times. That's what they were thinking back then. Peter's like, this is looking like it. You know, all the Christians are being persecuted. We're going through a hard time, but people are coming to Jesus, and the church is growing, and Jesus is doing miracles among us, and... Amazing things are happening, yet the world's getting darker and darker. The end of all things is near. And I think it's interesting that almost every generation of believers has believed that they might be the last generation. I don't think that's a bad thing. Because it motivates you. Man, if you know, if you know that you got tons of time. You know, when your wife goes on a mission trip and you stay at home for two weeks with kids, this is just hypothetical, okay? <laughs> and you know, the first day, you know what? Do you clean the house the first day? Well, every good husband knows you have that last day <laughs> to clean the whole entire house, Right? To pick up everything that has been destroyed by you and your kids. Intent, which is massive destruction, by the way. <laughs> massive destruction. It's everywhere. You know, if you know you have a lot of time, you can put off what you need to do, right? But if, you, if you're not sure, if you're like, man, this could happen at any moment. I mean, that, isn't that how Jesus said to live? He said, blessed is the servant who is ready that work, who's doing everything he's supposed to do when I show up. You know, not the one who's like, oh, my master's taking a long time to get here. It's going to be a long time. We don't have to worry about it. All, the, all these things haven't happened yet. Jesus can't come back. It motivates you to get your life in order. It motivates you to tell people about Jesus. I mean, think about it. If we knew that we had one week, I mean, imagine if, if we knew, we don't know. I, I, we all understand that, that nobody knows the day or the hour. But if we knew we had one week, would you live differently than you are now? Right? There'd be probably a couple things I wouldn't waste my time doing, right? And so Peter is, is drawing upon that 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 tension and that truth to say, look, the end is, it, the end is near. And we're going to live like Jesus can come back at any time because he can. He can come back whenever he wants to. I mean, he's coming back at the right time, but he, he, it's his choice. It's the Father and Jesus deciding now's the time. Are you ready if he comes back tomorrow? 
And that's what Peter, this whole book, he said, look, we're, we're going to be, we're living a life that's worthy of Jesus. We're living a life that's worthy of the suffering that Jesus went through, that no matter what we're going through, we're going to live a life that honors him. We're going to lay ourselves down and we're going to do what he's called us to do. And so then he has this whole thing that says, you know, therefore do all these things. In other words, if, if we know the time is short, it says be alert and sober-minded. Uh, the word be alert there means something to the uh, effect of have your mind be sound and think intentionally and specifically about what you're going to do. And the second word there, it says be sober-minded. That means without intoxication. It's the same word from 1 Peter 1 and 13 where he says, Hey, set your minds, get them clear on the hope God has set before you. That's the eternal hope of Jesus. And he says, so look, you've got to have your minds clear. You've got to have your head on straight. Why? So you can pray. And Peter kind of lays out to me what I'm calling this is this is what community looks like. This is what community with Jesus looks like. I think it's so cool, you know, that this, I don't know, that we're praying over you guys. And if I think about community, like your family that expresses community to me. How you've been community with us. How you've been community with one another. How you said, we're going to jump in. And so right here, Peter, here community looks like. There's prayer going on. There's people intentionally praying. There's people with their minds awake who've, who don't have their senses dulled by the world. Who are not intoxicated. Who are not intoxicated with entertainment or pleasure or whatever may try to dull our minds from thinking about what God wants us to think about. So we can pray. So we can communicate with God. So that we can hear the voice of God. So we can be the community who we're called to be. If Jesus is coming quickly, right? I would be praying more this week. If he was coming back next week, I'd probably take a little bit extra time to pray, right? I'd be like, I'm going to, you know, I've always wanted to read through the Bible. <laughs> Now's my last chance, right? You know, before he comes back. <laughs> it means for you, it's like, look, G Peter's saying, hey, the end, it's, it's, it can come at any time. We have to be ready. Then he says this. Here's another mark of community. Number one is prayer. Number two is love. It says, above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Now, the word there that's right before the word love, in my translation, it says constant. Some of yours may say fervent or continuing love, whatever that means. That is the Greek word echo. Here? Sounds like an English word, right? So the Greek word is echo. In other words, it's to reproduce the same thing over and over, over time. And so what Peter is saying is this. Look, you get to echo the love that you've received. You draw yourself near to Jesus and his love is poured into your heart. You will have an echo of love in your life. And this love will cover a multitude of sins. This is actually a quote from Proverbs 10, 12. We can throw that one on the, on the 
screen here. Proverbs 10.12 says this, Hatred stirs up conflicts, but love covers all offenses. You know, if, isn't, it, isn't it amazing? If you've got a family who loves one another, when people mess up in that family, the love that they have for one another brings a covering and a protection even in the midst of sin. And that's what the body of Christ is meant to be. We're meant to be a people where when there is sin among us, in other words, it's, you know, we're not trying to invite sin, but when sin does come among us, that my love for you says, my first thought is, I'm going to love you and I want to see your sin covered. Not your sin judged. Not your sin, you know, why don't you take a break? You know, let's do a little Old Testament. You sin, now you have to go outside the camp for seven days. <laughs> You're unclean for seven days. And then, you know, when you come back in and you give the right sacrifice, you can come back into community with one another. You know, when there's a community of love that is being covered and you know what is actually happening in that is you know i believe there's actually a purification that's happening is when you are loved you will sin less getting more rules does not make you sin less right i mean has anybody ever put a bunch of rules in their life and said man that just that just made my heart better <laughs> I'm not saying, again, God has rules, he has commandments, he has all those things. But it's in the context of love that he gives those things because he knows that love covers a multitude of sins. And when you are in an atmosphere of love, you don't want to sin. What Jesus said in John, uh, in the book of John, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So it's not about trying to beat yourself up to make yourself a better person, right? Have you all tried that before? Are you all awake today? Is it, it's a tired day. I'm tired too, so wake me up, please. <laughs> we were at a marriage conference all weekend. We had 10 couples here. All right. We, we, we're getting all, I'm like, oh, I just need to work with Ashley here. So... Uh, <laughs> Not because of her, because of me. So, but the atmosphere of love covers offense. You know, there's going to be a less offense when you have a love in a community, in a group of people, in a family, in a relationship. If you've got love there, then it's going to cover a whole lot of falling short. Because we're all going to fall short of the glory of God. We're all going to fall short of the perfect standard, but if there is love there, it covers it. You know, some people who've been like church communities, and instead of love, they've been hurt. Right? Have you, some of you may have experienced that. You know, when you, you get in community and you've actually come away 
bleeding, you know, spiritually and physically, you know, not physically bleeding, <laughs> maybe physically. <laughs> There's been some rough church experiences out there, right? <laughs> the really rough prayer, prayer meeting today. I got a bloody nose. <laughs> it's really intense. Uh, boy, that was a really intense council meeting, right? <laughs> we tried to put something through and boy, that was, that didn't work, <laughs> Thankfully, we never had that. Shane never punched me in the face at council. <laughs> Just want you to be clear on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, seriously, you know, some of some of you have been hurt in the church, right? They they haven't experienced love covering a multitude of sins. They've experienced, you know, judgment highlighting a multitude of their own sins, and uh, maybe even some of the sins that don't even exist in you have been highlighted and made up, and so. I believe that God just wants to say today, let his love heal you. If you've been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by other Christians who have not loved you in the way that they needed to love you, they probably just didn't know. Most times I would say, um, I've met a lot of Christians <laughs> over my life. I would say 90% of them aren't jerks. <laughs> Well, what I mean by that is most of them, they believe they want to do their best and, and honor other people and love people. They don't know how to sometimes. Sometimes just stuff comes, junk comes out of them, right? And they just like, Rah! they blow up on you. But that's not what they want. They're not, it doesn't like, it's not like they wake up and say, you know, I really want to mess up somebody else's life. There might be about 10% of people, okay? But I'm saying most people aren't doing that, but still we get hurt, right? And sometimes we don't, we don't experience that love. And so Jesus says, look, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to allow me to cover that sin. You're gonna have to allow my love to cover that sin and allow you the freedom to enter back into relationship with other people. Because we were not designed to close our hearts. We were designed to have our hearts open. Now, let me clarify, that doesn't mean if someone keeps hurting me over and over again that I just keep saying, hit me again. <laughs> hit me, baby, one more time or something. What, you know? <laughs> I don't even know what that song's about. It's probably not good. It wasn't the newsboys, that's for sure. <laughs> don't li apparently, don't listen to that song, okay? I probably only heard the chorus. I have no clue what it's about. <laughs> but we, that doesn't have to be our attitude. It's just like, okay. <laughs> Do it again, you know? You can use wisdom if there's someone in your life that's toxic, someone in your life that just keeps hurting you. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that okay, I'm just going to keep opening my life. But what I'm saying, what it mean, what it does mean is this. I will protect myself and remove myself from that person, but I'm not going to leave everyone. In other words, I'm not going to shut my heart off to everyone. I'm going to allow myself to be open with somebody who loves me. And that's why it's so important for us as the people of God to be a community of people who are echoing the love of God.
And so then Peter goes on. Hey, here's another mark. Be hospitable. Uh, really, in the word there means be hospitable to strangers and to one another without complaining. In other words, there's a welcoming spirit in a true community of Jesus that we are welcoming people in, that it's a good idea to have people into our lives, into our homes, into our worlds, that if we totally exclude people from our worlds, that uh, we're not experiencing the fullness of the community and the relationship that God would have for us. And he finishes up with this. He says, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others. Have you ever, have you ever met some person who was so consumed about what God was gifting them, them to do and what their ministry was that you almost felt like it was just all about them? You know, there's those people that like, oh, I've got to get the gifts of God in my life and then it's going to work. But what does it say here? Peter says, your gift is meant to serve somebody else. I think we're starting a new series on Wednesday, aren't we, Dave? We are starting a series this Wednesday that's going to dig into the, the heart of a servant, being you know, a, the servant heart of the people of God. So I encourage you to come on Wednesday for that uh, if you want to grow in that. But it says here, look, that our gifts are meant to serve one another, that we live a life of, of honoring and serving and blessing one another. So if... And we are to be a good steward of the very grace of God. What is a steward? A steward in this time was the master of the house would put somebody in charge of their entire household. And he would run everything. He would have control of the money. He would have control of the servants. He'd have control of, you know, the landscaping, what was going on. He was running the, the social events. He was, he was in charge of everything. And so isn't it interesting that God says you're the steward of of my grace. In other words, I'm giving you the grace of God and you are in charge of it for the world. It's like, "Oh man, Lord, what were you thinking?" <laughs> but I am a steward. I am in I've been entrusted with the grace of God. And it's the grace of God in me that gives me to where I can serve one another. And he mentions, he says, look, there's two main giftings, either speaking or serving. Many times in the church, we've only emphasized the speaking one, right? Are you called to the ministry? And we'll throw in singing too, right? In the, you know, in the last 30 years, singing has been included in the ministry, right? It used to be just preaching. Uh, it was just the preacher, right? Uh, and the, but now we, now the worship is almost like, well, it's almost, <laughs> it's trying to vie for that number one, right? But the point is this, that, that's not the only thing there is to do. If you speak, yes, speak as if you're speaking the very words of God. Sing as if you're singing the very song of God. But it says this too. For those of you that have been not gifted to speak, you've been gifted to serve. How are you using the grace of God that's been placed on your life to serve others? And he says this. Look, it's still supernatural. You don't serve with your own strength. You serve with the strength that God provides. God provides. 
You have supernatural power to serve. Man, we haven't, we haven't done a good job in general, just in the Christian world, at allowing servants to, ha- to have their, the fullness of their gifting released in many ways. That, man, when you've got the... When you've got the up front and the behind the scenes working together where the servants and the speakers, where the mouths and the hands are working together, then you can have something amazing happening because the Word of God is going out and the strength of God is sustaining what the Word of God is declaring. And so that's what needs to happen is we need to value and know that if you are a believer in Jesus, Jesus has given you grace to serve. Maybe he's going to use you to speak just to your neighbor. That's fine too. Maybe he's called you just to be the one who comes alongside others who are up front in a way, who are leading something, whether that's in a church setting or in a community setting, but you're called to come alongside them and say, I'm going to give the grace and the gifting in my life, and I'm going to come alongside you, and I'm going to give everything that God gives to me to serve you so that the work of God can go forth, so that the community of God can be fruitful, and so that everyone can see who Jesus really is and what he looks like. So don't think that in order for you to be supernaturally empowered by God to do something, that it has to be public, that it has to be super evident. It may be quiet and it might be in the background, but is nonetheless super important and you are ministering the grace of God. You are being a trusted caretaker of the gift that He has given you. How many parables did Jesus tell about servants, him giving servants stuff, right? There were so many parables where Jesus said, a man, an owner went away and he left his servants in charge, or he left his servants with, you know, money, or he left his servants with the five talents and all this stuff, and, you know, you know the servant with five comes and says, hey, I got five more when the, when the master returns. And the servant with two says, hey, I got two more. And then it says the servant with one says, I was scared, so I buried your gift in the ground. And it's like, man, people of God, don't bury your gift in the ground. You know, sometimes... We as the church, we may not notice your gift. And we'd like to do better at noticing that and affirming that and valuing that and celebrating that. But even if we don't notice, it's enough that he notices. It's enough that Jesus said, I gave this to you. What gift has God given you? What has he placed in your hand? What is what? What skills has he given you? What passions has he put into your heart? How are you going to serve someone else with that? Are you going to use it for your glory? Or are you going to use it for his glory? Because everyone has been given a measure of grace. You weren't left out. Some people need to just hear that they weren't left out. In other words, well, I don't really have much. What have you been given? Don't bury the one thing you've been given. I mean, Jesus doesn't really give an explanation of why the guy got five and somebody else got one, right? I mean, sometimes he doesn't tell us, hey, why does that person have... I mean, he does say, you know, the one who has 
has will be given more. In other words, the one who's been faithful with little will be faithful with much. Sometimes we want to start with the much, right? We want to start on top of the mountain. We want to jump to the head of the, the thing. And you know what? Here's the thing. Those of us that got pushed too far, man, it's, it, we, we had a, a lot of growing pains, some of us. So it's not really all it's cracked up to be anyway. So don't, it, don't jump ahead. But start with the little that you have and start using that gift to honor Jesus and to serve someone else. You're like, I don't even know if I have anything. Well, just start to ask God. Start to ask Jesus, what, what gifting have you placed in me? What gifts have you put in me? And it doesn't have to be in a church event setting. That's not the only way to serve. Sometimes the churches fail because we're always like, okay, here's the only things you can do, right? <clears throat> you, can, you can teach children, and we, that's valuable. Let's just remind you of that, <laughs> right? <laughs> you can pour into the next generation. You can, you can sing on the worship team. You can, you know, you can run the soundboard and you can be an usher. Then that's, you know, we kind of stop at that, you know, and that's it. And some people are like, no, I don't, I'm not passionate about any of those things. And so don't limit yourself and your serving to what's happening just in, in the confines of the church, so to speak. Do I want you to flourish in the church? Absolutely. Do, I, do we need to serve in the church, absolutely. Uh, thank you for being a great example of that. Uh, do you always have to say yes to everything? No, you don't. <laughs> but you can. <laughs> but don't limit yourself when you say, I don't see a place for me. Say, God, what have you gifted me with? Start, start, with, start with what he's giving you rather than what other people are recognizing. Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes we have to wait around here and say, we're dumb. <laughs> Look around you. Some of us, we're, we're dumb in here. We, we're slow. We're not, we don't discern things quickly. Sometimes we miss it. Okay, oh, I'm the only one that's dumb. Nobody else is dumb. My wife said I can't say that. Say, so, <laughs> you know, we, sometimes we act dumb. How about that? We don't, we don't recognize what God has put on your life. We, we pass over you and say, no, we don't even think about it. We're so focused on ourselves <laughs> that we just forget that, oh, I'm, I'm, my life is about you. My life is about bettering you and blessing you. So, so let, let Jesus speak to you. you know? Just talk to him about it. He's the one giving the gift anyway. Uh, let him speak to you about that. And if he says, hey, use that gift, uh, I want you to use that gift in your neighborhood. How are you going to serve your neighbors? How are you going to serve your coworkers? Hey, I'm, I've given you a gift and you're going to do it at work. You're going to do it with all the people that have a bunch of foul mouths and who are talking about all kinds of stuff that you don't want to be around. And God says, I've given you a gift that you're going to use it to serve those people and you're going to love those people and your gift is going to begin to work on their hearts. Maybe it's not even, you don't even have to say anything, but it's just you're living the life and you're serving someone. You're using the gift that God has given you and you're serving as if Jesus himself is serving through you. So what's your gift? How's your love? 
How's your hospitality and how's your prayer? Because all those things are the marks of a community that is being empowered by Jesus, the community of the fellow victorious sufferers who are suffering in this world, but yet we're still living a life of love and laying down our lives for the world. So I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you over two things specifically. Number one is this. Uh, If you don't know what God has gifted you to do, uh, or just one thing that he's gifted you to do, I'm going to pray that God would just begin to speak to you, that you would begin to hear what God uh, is showing you about that. And I also want to pray about those who have been hurt in the church. I just want to declare a prayer of healing over your hearts, that those who have been hurt by other Christians uh, doing wrong things or doing painful things or just things that were hurtful because of misunderstandings, whatever that situation is, I just want to believe that, that the Holy Spirit's going to minister healing to our hearts today. So, Holy Spirit, right now, we just thank you for ministering life to every single person, God. We thank you for the gifts that have been given. Lord, I pray for those who don't think they have anything to offer. I pray that you would speak to them, God. I pray that they would hear your voice and know that their gift is valuable. That the things that you have placed in their lives are valuable to serve someone else in this world. And, Lord, that you would begin to unpack and begin to give them wisdom and insight. Lord, I pray that there would be conversations with others who are wise that would help pull those things out and help them recognize those things. But help us learn to live in our gifts and not bury those things in the sand, God. But we would serve one another as if you were serving through us, as if you were speaking through us, as if you are living through us. And Father, I also pray for anyone who's been harmed. Lord, they were serving. They were stepping out. They were opening their heart. They were living with uh, love towards someone else, and they got hurt. And so, Lord, I just, I just declare healing in hearts right now. Holy Spirit, bring healing in hearts for those who have been hurt by the church. Just if that's you, while every eye is closed, just put your hand over your heart right now. Nobody's looking around, including me. In the name of Jesus, I declare wholeness in these hearts. I declare that these wounds that have been there, God, that you are pulling out. You are pulling out the the sharp pieces that have been left in their hearts. Those words that, those sharp words that still ring in their heads, God. I just pray that you would take out the sting. Take out the infection, God. I pray for forgiveness to be released in every single heart. Lord, we choose to forgive those who have hurt us so that we can be restored, so that we can walk in the way that you would have us walk. Jesus, you commanded us to forgive, and you are empowering us to forgive this morning. We forgive those people in Jesus' name. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they have done. Lord, they didn't know what they were doing, Lord, in many, many times. And so, Lord, we just, we just declare healing and wholeness. Lord, we declare openness, God, that there would be trust again. There would be, uh, there'd be sharing of life again. There would be an opening of hearts once again, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody stand. We're going to have our leaders come up. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you have never trusted Jesus and prayed to receive him as your Lord and Savior, then please do that before you go. Come up and one of these people will pray for you. If you need healing in your body, if you have a situation, a financial need that you want someone to agree with you about, then come quickly up front and let these people pray for you, these leaders that love you and care for you. They will pray for you before you go. Uh, If you need to go, God bless you, and we will see you 
on Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on if you're here, if you want to come to healing rooms or Wednesday night for our gathering. So thank you. But if you need prayer, get on up here and grab one of these leaders before you go. Sin was great.